Amen. Clap your hands under the Lord, all you people. Praise God. Praise God. If you're a guest here today, thank you so very much for being in the house. We're glad that you are here. As Brother Jonathan so ably said, if you've never been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, let today be the first day of the rest of your life. Old things pass away, and behold, all things be made new. Somebody say amen. Amen. Again, those commitments, those envelopes, uh, if you would, just write your commitment on there and write AC Pledge on that envelope uh, along with your name and your information. And you can give them in the buckets in the front at the end of service or you can give in the boxes in the back. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to stand to your feet. I'm not going to be long today. I know I say that a lot, uh, but I'm really not going to be long today. I believe God wants to do a work in someone's life if we will let him. And I want to give ample time for that to happen here in our altar area here in just a moment. Revelations, we're, we're going to be going, and also in Matthew uh, 24, Revelations 22 and Matthew 24. Uh, Truth Church, I want to say thank you to our real McCoys. Uh, they have done a great job raising money for Move the Mission. Uh, many of those uh, students uh, that were helped out a little bit getting their money together. They were here yesterday, uh, and if you'll, before you leave today, if you'll drive over by our south parking lot, by that property there, uh, you'll see what all those real McCoys did. Also, myself and Brother Jordan were there. Sister Jessica was there. Uh, there's a bunch of people there that helped out, and we're thankful for all of that. And uh, I'll tell you what we raised. Well, mostly the real McCoy raised most of the money, which I really like that. It came from the students. I think twenty-four thousand uh, dollars came just from the students, the real McCoys, our hyphen, and our uh, young people. So, would you give them a hand? Twenty-four thousand dollars, and the rest because of your faithful giving to Missions Weekly, we were able to add our offering to that. So, Truth Church, we gave to move the mission thirty thousand twenty dollars and twenty-three cents. Amen. And, and we were the number one giver, number one giving church in uh, North Texas District. So thank you. That's pretty incredible. The most important, all of that's great, and that's wonderful. But the most important part about all of that is there's going to be a missionary, literally, because that's approximately how much they have to spend on vehicles. There's a missionary, when you think of it that way, many missionaries that are going to receive a vehicle this year. They'll receive a brand new vehicle. There's going to be missionaries that will be appointed to their location, to their uh, their mission field, if you will, and they will be have a car bought for them. Some of them, it will be a motorcycle for some. I know they're going to buy, uh, supposedly, I don't know when it's going to happen, but maybe this year, maybe next year, they're going to buy two airplanes for missionaries uh, that have to fly and land in uh, water to go and speak to villages and, and reach the lost in this last and closing hour. But when you think about it, we bought a vehicle. Praise God. And that's pretty incredible. So I want to commend you, Truth Church, for that. And young people, for all of your hard work and your sweat equity. Amen. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. I'm sorry, 22 and verse 11. I apologize. I heard pages start turning. 22 verse 11.
The Bible says this. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, somebody say righteous. Righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, somebody say holy. Let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. I'm on my way. I come quickly. And my reward is with me. To give every man, listen to this, according as his work shall be. Matthew 24. And verse 36. It says this. But of the day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For, I, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the son of man be then shall two be in the field somebody say two there's going to be two people two individuals in the field the one shall be taken and the other left would you think about that Two women shall be grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken, and the other is going to be left. Watch there for. We better start looking around, ladies and gentlemen. We better start paying attention to every tiny, minuscule detail. Grain of sand detail, if you will. For ye know not what the hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what which the thief would come, he would have watched and would, have not, and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. Look at your neighbor and say, you better get ready. Now I want you to look at them and pause for a moment. I'm not being funny. I just want to look at, I want you to look at them and pause for a moment. And I want you to tell them, hey, let's get ready. Let's get ready. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not. We don't know the day, ladies and gentlemen. 
you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Son of Man cometh. This morning I'm going to try for the next couple of minutes. I've only got six pages, so it's not going to be long. I say that things have changed over the years. I'm going to preach from this thought. And I want you to listen to how I'm saying it. I want you to listen to how I am presenting it. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I know the punctuation may be surprising, but maybe off for English majors and different ones. But is that something that is going to be able to be said to you and me? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Would you lay your Bibles down and lift your hands to the heavens? And would you ask God, first of all, and I mean this with the deepest whatever I can say right now would you ask God please tenderize my spirit today tenderize my heart oh Lord I want to hear your word Jesus I want to hear your word because I want to be challenged enough to obey what you desire to do in me and through me God I want to work for you I want to live for you in every facet of my life. The things that I don't want to do, the things that I do want to do, Lord. I want to do it for you, Jesus. Would you cover this house in your precious blood? Would you let us, before we leave this house, Lord, be able to assuredly answer that question? Is that what you can say to us? Yes, Lord. You're going to be able to say that to me because, Lord, I've been watching. Lord, I've been looking. Lord, I've been making sure that every I is dotted and every T is crossed in my life. I'm doing everything possible, Lord. Even some things, Lord, that may not be what you desire, Lord, I'm doing them to make sure, oh God, I just want to do extra. In Jesus' name, we honor you. We worship you and we give you thanks. And everybody say amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Praise God, praise God. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. The coming of the Lord for you, whether by the grave or by the rapture, will probably be the way you are right now, will probably be what you'll be like. Whenever you pass or if it's at the rapture, the way you are right now. We must daily, I said daily, every morning, every afternoon, the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Every evening when I sit at the bed, when you sit at the bed, we need to make sure that we can answer the question, have I been the individual? Have I been the person? Have I been that 
Christian that can have the word said to them, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Can you do that? Would he be pleased with how you acted on the road today? Would he be pleased at how you conducted yourself at work today? Would he be pleased with everything that you know about that, but nobody else knows about in your family? Would the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords be pleased with you? Would he be pleased with me? Would he be pleased that what you did this morning when you got up? Would he be pleased with what you did throughout this week? Did you put a smile on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? face? Did you obey his commandments? Did you practice the fruit of the spirit on a daily basis? Were you an individual? Were you a person that made Jesus happy with you? Did he find your heart pure and clean? Did he find our spirit spotless? Did he find us at a place where we were exactly what he mapped out in his word that we should be to have the word said to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Would I feel confident that he would want to say those words to me, those precious words? These words that are on the screen behind me with the beautiful red question marks around them, would he want to say that to you? Think for a moment across this congregation. Close your eyes, if you would, and just meditate for a moment. Has my actions, has my life, has everything that I have done today, from the moment that my feet hit the floor and I breathed in a beautiful morning air have I done everything that I need to do to have these words spoken to me well done thou good and faithful servant you can open your eyes it's something that we may not always think about because we get busy with our lives. We get busy with our day to day, our Monday through Friday, our five to nine, our activities, our extracurricular activities, our cooking dinner, our making sure the kids are bathed, making sure all the things are done that need to be done. We don't always think about those words, but if I could submit to True Church on this Sunday morning, the most important words that we will ever hear in our entire existence will not be I love you or come to daddy or daddy, mommy. The most important words that we will ever hear is when Jesus Christ looks at us and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter. I've prepared a mansion for you. I've prepared a place for you to live for all eternity. But the fact of the matter is, no one in this room is promised, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We're not promised that. It's up to you and me to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I have often thought about, it's just past the anniversary and 
September 11. I was a high schooler. Went to New York. My parents allowed me to go there with them. Christmas of the year that I graduated. And we celebrated. Did all of the fun things that you can do. But we went to the Twin Towers. And it was absolutely incredible. I believe that is where that my infatuation and love for that city came from. I just love to see the cityscape. It's a great place to visit. I don't know if I could live there, but I love to go, and I love to be a part of it, and I thank you, Truth Church, for sending my family there here just in a couple of weeks, and we're going to have a fun time there. But oftentimes, I think about September 11 and the incident that took place. I remember that I was in Vic, Vo Vic Votol's uh, class at Bible College and I remember a young lady named Jody busting through the back door. I've told this story through the years and she began to scream and cannot remember her last name right now but she busted through the back doors and screamed interrupting our class and why was it? Because of the plane, the first plane that had hit and my friends and many of us after we had prayed and, and all of that we ran upstairs and got on our slow, slow computers. I had a gateway computer at Gateway. It was kind of cool. Uh, anyways, just thought I'd throw that in there. But <laughs> anyway, we get out, got into my dorm, and we watched the second plane hit, if you will, as live stream as it could be back then. But I, I remember those moments. I remember that time and how tragic and how horrible that it was and how these victims that they had been proceeding through their day. They had been going through their day just like normal. No doubt there were some that cooked breakfast that morning and they made their lunches for their kids and they, they maybe walked the dog and they done everything that they always do. No doubt those individuals that got on those aircraft, they did exactly the same routine. They knew that I've got to get ready. I've got to make sure that my bag is packed and they did everything that they always do every single week or every day. They walked to their car. They got in the car and they drove. Some of them driving to the airport. Some of them driving to the city. One of the stories, it's not in my notes, but here it goes. This is why it takes so long. But anyways, one of the stories that was told is one of the young ladies that went to our school, her aunt worked in the building and she was driving and she had forgotten something at home and so she had to finish going across the bridge and turn around and go back home to pick up what she had forgotten and there's many stories like that and as she was on her routine, she experienced the tragic things that happened just in her view. She saw it all happen and it could have been her. There were young and old ladies, young and old men. They were going through their routine of their day. And as they finished, as they stopped, as they got to the subway, and as they walked into the room, as they walked into the, the door of the office, something that they did not plan on, something that they did not think about. Yes, they kissed their kids like they always did. They kissed their husband or their wife like they always did. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, someone, as they always did, they walked onto the elevator or they sat in their seat in the plane. and Everything was normal and everything was right. But all of a sudden, everything changed. Everything came to a screeching halt. For some, it was time delayed because they knew that something was wrong. And they found out very quickly that they were the last thing that was going to ever hit. 
there ever be a part of hitting the Twin Towers. For some, working, maybe in a business meeting, maybe sitting at their cubicle, and as they hear a roar of, a, of an engine, uh, of a plane, and they hear that, and all of a sudden, it crashes into the side of the building. It's all over. You know, it's graphic for some. We need to ask ourselves, in the midst of our mundane, in the midst of our normal day today, fixing of breakfast and, and making sure the kids are clean and making sure our clothes are washed and ironed and making sure that cleaning is done and that is done and the car oil change and all of our A, B, C, D, E, and F, G is all done. We need to make sure. We need to stop for a moment. Think about the question that is behind me that says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You need to ask the question, Have I done well as a good and faithful servant? Because if we do not ask that every single day, if we don't put that in the midst of our mundane, I don't know if it will be death or the rapture, but there's coming a day when everything is going to stop and the next question you hear or the next statement you hear is, Have you been a good and a faithful servant to me? And I don't know about you, I want to be a good and a faithful servant. I don't know about you, but as I studied and went through some of these scriptures, my heart began to sink because you have to ask yourself. You have to preach to yourself before you preach to others and you start thinking about everything and those of you that know that I'm attention to detail on a lot of things that are not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things when you start putting a magnifying glass on your life when you start looking at the corners and the and the little bitty areas of your life you make you start to think man have I done what is good and faithful as a servant of Jesus Christ I'm trying I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing right I'm trying to make sure that I'm living how God wants me to live but have I been able to be an individual that he can look at with confidence and say well done thou good and faithful servant enter ye in to what I've prepared for you I want to ask you this question I think there's few questions that we could ask ourselves but some that I believe that are imperative will he find you in sin 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20. It may not be up on the screen, but if you could just jot it down for yourself. It says this, for I fear, for I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would. And that I shall be found unto you such as ye would not. Lest there be debates, envies, envies wraths, strifes. Backbiters, oh man, whispers, swelling. Verse 22, 21, and lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you. Hmm. And that I shall well many which have sinned already and have not repented, what? Of the uncleanliness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed how's he going to find you how's he going to find 
me? Is he going to find us in the state of these words that are in this scripture? Is he going to find us in sin? We got to magnify our, put a magnifying glass on our life. How's he going to find you, sir? This kind of stuff isn't really popular, but it's something that we need to do as a body of Christ. As brothers and sisters in the Lord, we need to make sure that our calling, we say it all the time, our calling and election is made sure. In order for our calling and election to be made sure, then we need to make sure that we put a magnifying glass on ourselves. Somebody say inventory. Do some inventory of your heart. Do some inventory of your soul. Do some inventory of your thoughts. And don't wait until that moment. Numbers 23, 32 rather in verse 23. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord. And be sure, listen, your sins will find you out. So, come here, Brother Trevor. Just, you don't have to come up here. Just stand right here. I'm not going to try to smudge up your glasses, but turn that way. No, no I'm not going to get right there. <laughs> we can hide things from Brother Trevor. Amen? We can hide things from our family. We can hide things from Pastor Darren. We can hide things from our family leader. We can hide things from each other. And nobody will ever see it. But the Bible says, thank you, Brother Trevor. The Bible says in, in our, the last scripture, Numbers 32 and verse 23, your sins are going to find you out. Yesterday, I experienced something that just magnified the scripture in my life. When we think it's all over, when we think nothing is wrong, all of a sudden, it comes up. All of a sudden, it is found out. The Bible says, yea, though our sins are going to find us out. You may get by with it for the next 10 years if the Lord tarries. You may get by with it for the next five or six months. But if Jesus decides to come back at that moment that we don't know as we just read. Brother Jordan, he's going to look at you. Nobody else is going to know. I got off scot-free. Nobody at church knows. Nobody in my family knows. Amen? I'm living this way here and that way there. Nobody knows. That's a sin, ladies and gentlemen. That's called lying. That is called lying is what that is. Living one way here and living another way here. The Bible says he that telleth or maketh a lie. You're making it out that everything's okay. But the Bible says that our sin is going to find us out. And remember, I'm not just preaching to the house of God today. I'm preaching to this man up here as well. Because we are all human and we all fall short. We all trip up and mess up. And so ladies and gentlemen, 
We can get by with it or we can stop for a moment and begin to put pen to paper and say, man, I need to work on this. And man, I should work on that. And man, I need to talk to God about this. I know the scripture says this about this particular thing and that particular thing. So I better get my eyes dotted and my T's crossed. Because whether it be death or the rapture, our sins are going to find us out. I know it's not popular preaching today, but we can't hide our sin. We, we can hide it from our families. You can hide it from your friends. You can hide it from anybody you work with. You can hide it from anybody that has eyes to see. But you cannot hide it from the eyes of our creator. First Corinthians 4 and verse 5 says this, 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light, listen, the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest. Somebody say he'll show it to everybody. He'll make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. Everybody's going to know. But quite frankly, I don't care if everybody else knows. I care if God knows. Because he's the only one that matters. Amen? Who cares if anybody in here knows if you sin or not? It really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It only matters if God knows. And he knows because he knows all. He knows the beginning from the ending. Amen. He knows from left to right, side to side. He knows up to everything in the middle. He knows. And so we better examine ourselves. Second Samuel chapter 12 and verse 1 says, David had committed adultery. Had the woman's husband killed and now taking her as a wife. In this particular passage, it looks as though he's getting away with everything. You and I, we look at someone, man, they're doing this and that, and they're blessed and everything's, man, what in the world? They got more money and I don't know, why is that? And all of these things. But the Bible says that it's going to find out it's going to be made manifest. And it doesn't matter if you know it. God knows it. It doesn't matter if they seem like they're getting blessed and everything is wonderful and great and awesome and they got all the money and all the cars and all the stuff that this world provides. Who gives a rip? Because God knows all. You're not the judge and I'm not the judge, but he's the judge of all men. And you don't need to sit there and be like, ha, 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 you're going to. No, what you need to do is you need to run to them and say, hey, listen to me. I know you're doing wrong. I know you're not living according to God's word. Would you come with me and let's live for God together? Anyway, that's not in my notes. Let me get back to my notes. It looks as though he had gotten away with it. But there was a prophet in the land that would not let him get away with it. 
God found him out. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 7. And Nathan said to David, You, thou art the man. You're the guy that did this. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. You're the one that messed all this up. You're the one that caused all of this. You're the one that killed. There was a man of God that looked at him square in the face and let him know, you are the man. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. I'm, not, I'm trying my best not to get rambunctious. I just want somebody to hear what the word of the Lord says. God is anxious and he's wanting you to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, but he's never going to go back on his word. And so there's something that you got to do and I have to do. We have to make our calling and our election sure. We got to make sure we're living wholeheartedly for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Ahab. Though he had killed just Naboth and Naboth's vineyard was his. That's what he's thinking. Until, until prophet Elijah came and God found him. Listen, 1 Kings, listen to it. 1 Kings 21, verse 20. And Ahab said to Elijah, hast thou found me? Oh, my enemy. And he answered, I have found thee because thou hast sold thyself, listen to this, to work evil in the sight of the Lord. Thought he got away with it. Jesus is going to find out. Jesus is looking over the balcony of heaven and he knows all. But he's going to reveal it to all. Oh my goodness. Brother, oh my God. Brother Trevor, he's looking and he's saying, Trevor, please, please stop doing that and start doing what's right. He's looking and saying, Sister Debbie, please start doing this. I'm speaking in general terms. I'm not speaking individually. Please, Brother Noe, stop doing that and start doing right. Please, please, Brother Tony, stop doing that and start doing right. Brother Tommy, please stop doing that and start doing right. Because I want to say, well done. I want to tell you that you've been faithful. Would you please be faithful? I want to tell you that you've been doing right, and I'm proud of you. you're tying my hands because I don't go back on my word. Ladies and gentlemen, let's examine today. Are we going to be able to hear these words one day? Pastor Darren, why are you preaching like this? Why, why are you, man, this is a downer message. No, it's not. Ladies and gentlemen, there is an eternity that we are going to live somewhere forever, way beyond the blue. And I don't know about you, but I want to go there. And if that means that I got to be in discomfort right now, if I got to be in discomfort in my prayer closet, if I got to be in discomfort in the altar, I'm going to be in discomfort because I want to hear the words. Well done. I want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You may be seated. 
Jesus knows what's in our heart. I said, Jesus knows what is in our heart. John chapter 2 and verse 23. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name. When they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. Because he knew all men. Verse 25. And needed not that any should testify of man. For he knew what was in man. He knows anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Do we get that as people, as human beings, that Jesus knows anyway? Do we get that he knows all? And so it doesn't matter if Joe Bob or Sally Sue or Lindsay or whoever knows. All that matters is, is that you know and I know that Jesus already knows. So all we need to do is say, Lord, I know you already know about this, but what I want to do is repent about it. What I want to do is prostrate myself before you. I want to submit my will to you right now, oh Lord. Submission is key. It's key. If we do not submit to his will and his ways, we won't submit anywhere else. Amen. If we don't submit to his will and his ways, if we don't submit to his word, we will not submit anywhere else in our lives. We need to be submissive to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You won't be submissive to that nudging of your spirit when you know you need to repent. You're not going to. Because I know you know that I'm not where I should be, Lord. I know that you know everything about me. I know you know A, B, C, D, E, F, G of my life. I know you know all that, but I'm not going to do what you want me to do. And so when the preach word comes forth or when the evangelist preaches or Brother Jonathan teaches or, or Brother Jordan preaches or any other, any other minister in our church, Brother Trevor begins to get, deliver a word of the Lord during our preliminary service and something strikes you, you feel. If you haven't been submissive to that word in John chapter 2, then you're not going to be submissive to anything else. You may be seated. How's he going to find you when he comes back how are you going to be found if today like those at 9-11 if today is your last day I know people get bent out of shape about that kind of preaching but that's how we have to live that's how we have to live we are not the Bible says you know it that we are not promised tomorrow life is but a vapor here right this moment and gone tomorrow so yes, we do have to pick up the magnifying, the proverbial magnifying glass and look at our lives and say, can I testify that I've been a good and faithful servant of Jesus Christ? Will he find you sleeping? I feel that this is probably the largest category. He will find many Sleeping. He will find 
I know just because I've been around it a lot that he's going to find, Brother Jordan and Sister Jessica, he's going to find a lot of teenagers sleeping. I'll get right someday. I'll be on fire for God someday. I'll separate from the world someday. I will live how his word instructs me to live someday. But right now I'm just a kid. Or right now I'm having too much fun. Right now it's not that big of a deal. But one of these days when I'm old enough, it'll be a big deal. Mark chapter 13 and verse 35 it doesn't tell you to wait until you're old. It says, watch ye therefore. For ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Well, I care about God, Pastor Darren. Pastor Darren, I, I love God, but are you sleeping spiritually? Are you snoozing? And I, I love God. I love God, but my attendance to church doesn't show that. My response to the man of God and the priest's word of the Lord does not show that. My prayer life does not show that I love God. That would be categorized, ladies and gentlemen, as sleeping. I love God, but I don't read his word not one day a week. But I love him. No, you don't. Quit lying to yourself. We've got to quit lying to ourselves. We've got, we got to quit being that individual that says, yes, I'm a Christian, but we're really not Christians. I love you, Jesus, but I spend zero time with you. I love you, Jesus, but I don't even, I come in the house of God saying, can't wait till this is over. I hate being here. I don't believe there's anybody that's that vicious today, but it could be that that is your attitude, that it could be that you have told no one that, but you just think that. That would be considered sleeping because if he comes back and that is your attitude, he's going to find you sleeping. And he's not going to be able to say, Brother Chris, well done, hon. Well done, buddy. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Somebody say magnifying glass. I'm not going to do it. You've got to do it. Your husband's not going to do it. Your wife is not going to do it. You've got to do it. You've got to pick up the magnifying glass. And you've got to say, yes, that is a faithful servant. Or no, that's not a faithful servant. I had someone tell me one time that they felt like God was a bully in the sky with a magnifying glass. And he was treating us all like ants. And he would turn that magnifying glass to the sun and beam down on the individual and just burn them up. No. He's not a bully with a magnifying glass. He's gracious. He's merciful. He is extremely long-suffering. 
He waits and he waits and he waits and he waits and he says, when are you going to eat the meat of my word? When are you going to start living for me? When are you going to start, stop going through the motions and start really doing God wants you to do? Praise God. Will he find you? Can you close your eyes just for a moment? Lift your hands. Musicians, come. I'm going to hurry. I'm almost done. I'm not going to finish. In Jesus' name, oh, we love you right now. We love you right now. God, this is very, this is truly just a simple word, but Lord, it's profound because I want to hear well done. And I personally, Lord, I've never felt this burden like I do here of recent, oh Lord, but I feel a burden for men and women of God that I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, oh Lord, that just because of their fruits, they're not ready. And I want them to be ready. I want them to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But it doesn't matter how much I scream or how much I yell or how much we teach. It's got to be the individual that works it out for themselves according to your word. Praise God. I'm going to end with this one, and I want us to stand to our feet all across the building. And I want you to respond to God's word today. If I could say it like this, I know you have a husband, some of you. I know you have a wife, some of you. I know many, many of you are single in the house. I want you to come by yourself. I want you to respond for yourself because that's all... That matters. I'm glad that we have a, a youth group. I'm glad we have a youth pastor and a youth pastor's wife that are leading wonderfully. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for Sister Amber that's leading wonderful already in our children's area. I'm so thankful for all of those things that are going on and, and they're motivators and there's, there's that positive peer pressure, if you will. But the deal is, sir and ma'am, that you, you are the only one that's going to be able to hear well done, thou good and faithful servant. Daddy, I wish it was like this. I really do. I, personally, because I have five kids, I, I wish that it would be, sir, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And because of you, all of them get in too. Amen. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's not how it works. Is he going to find you unprepared? An unprepared servant, an unprepared individual does not hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 3. And as I said, this is going to be my last one. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf. That as I said... Yea, may be ready. He may be ready. Lest happily, if they of Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia come with me and find me, listen, or find you unprepared, we, praise God, we that should be ashamed in this same confident boasting, we should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to be sure that I'm ready.
I don't want to be unprepared. I don't want to say, yeah, I'm good. I got every I dotted, every T crossed. It's wonderful. I've said it a thousand times from this platform. I don't ever want to feel like I have arrived. I want to work until he comes back. Brother Tony, I want to work on making sure I hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to come to a day when I'm 55 or 60 that I've, you know something? <laughs> I'm going to hear it. If he comes back tomorrow, I've got it. No, I want to work every day. God, I want to make sure that I'm sure. I want to make sure that I'm right. God, purify me. Cover me in your blood. Last night when I was laying in the bed beside my little key, and he's, he still has not got mommy, daddy broke. He's, he comes back and forth. But anyway, I just rubbed my hand on his back, and I said, God, cover him in your blood. God, cover my wife in your blood. Cover me in your blood. Cover my family in your blood. Jesus, we want to be saved. We want to be purified. God, let me be pure in my mind. Let my wife be pure in her mind. Let my little boy be pure in his mind. I know he's not of age yet, if you will, but he's getting really, really close. I want to make sure when he gets of age, don't ever feel like you've arrived, Kian. Don't ever feel like you've made it. Always go to the Lord understand something I was speaking to someone the other day and they are believing that damnable doctrine of once saved always saved I made this statement before there would be no need for an advocate there'd be no need for an advocate you have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous you don't need one if you've asked God to forgive you and you've been filled with the spirit there's no need for an advocate. Throw it out. Just go ahead and push that out of the Bible. We don't need that. But we do, ladies and gentlemen. Because we all fall short. We all stump our toes, Sister Bobby. And we mess up. I'm not... I don't want to embarrass you by any means. But I remember when you were in my youth group. There was a time that you walked away. But aren't you glad that you're back? you glad you came back and he he didn't say no, get out of here he said no this is my girl right here I'm bringing you back here I'm so thankful but listen to me Bobby there's so many that sat beside you on a pew there's so many that I went and picked up and sister Ginger went and picked up and we brought them to youth group we brought them to break point and they're not here today they're not serving God like you're serving God they don't have their children like you have your children in the house of God. Why? Because they're asleep. And they're saying someday, someday I'll be right. Someday I'll get it together. No, you're sleeping. If you're in this room today and you're lackadaisical and you're complacent, would you please come to this altar? I'm just begging you, please. Would you know my heart as a pastor? I love you. I care for you, but I can't save you. Truth Church, our activities, our classes, this preaching, it's not going to save you. The only thing that's going to save you is if you respond to the preached word of the Lord. Are you going to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant? I'm not going to be mad at you if you walk out the door, but I would encourage you today to come to this altar and say, God, I don't want to be asleep. 
I don't want to be found in sin. I don't want my sins, Lord, to be on me, but Lord, I want them to be washed away. If you need to be baptized, Brother Jonathan, as I said at the beginning, is so ably explained and shown you and told you through Scripture that today you can be forgiven and your sins can be forever washed away. And today could be the first day of the rest of your life. Ma'am, would you come to the altar? Elder, would you come to the altar? Did you know your complacency? Did you know your apathetic spirit is sleeping? That's what that is. It's defined as sleeping. Don't let him find you sleeping. Be on top of it today. Make sure today that well done, how good and faithful servant is going to be what you hear. And then tomorrow when you wake up, let your heartbeat be. I'm going to make sure again today that I hear well done thou good and faithful servant and then seven months from now if the Lord is tarrying and you're still here I want you to get up again and I want you to say today Lord I'm going to do it again I'm going to make sure that well done thou good and faithful servant is what I'm going to hear in the name of Jesus Christ come on every hand lift it if you're standing to your feet if you're on your face why don't you cry out to God desperately right now I preached about it last Sunday is the Lord is he Lord over your life or is he just the creator is he just the one in the vast universe that makes everything happen or is he Lord is he a one that can dictate to you what he wants you to do and you'll obey it ceases to be a dictation if, if you say, Lord, I willingly want to follow your ways. I willingly want to walk in your statutes, oh Lord. I, I want to obey every jot and every tittle from your word. Come on, as they begin to sing, would you let your voices be heard from the heavens right now? Come on, men. Come on, ladies. It's not polished. It's not a beautiful message today. It's not something that would be written about or, or posted about. No, but I pray to God that it would convict your spirit and your heart to say, God, I want to be right with you. I want to obey every commandment. He's coming back so soon. Are you going to be ready? Wake up the Are you going to make your bed? Are you going to die on your heel? This is how I feel and this is what I want to do. Are you going to submit to Jesus God's will in his way? Nobody's holding a gun to your head. 